0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, March 16th, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. We're talking Chiefs today. Their roster moves in free agency haven't made national headlines, but there's plenty of roster churn happening for the Super Bowl champions. Four starters and three more who made valuable contributions have departed during free agency, and the week isn't over. On today's Sports Beat KC, beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell break down the moves and how the Chiefs plan on replacing players like Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley, Juju Smith-Schuster, Juan Thornhill, and Colin Saunders. Some needs have been addressed with such free agent acquisitions as offensive lineman Juwan Taylor and defensive lineman Charles Amenahue. Work remains for General Manager Brett Veach and his staff to complete a roster through free agency, the draft, or trades to keep the Chiefs atop the NFL. Okay, let's get started talking Chiefs with Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell. Before we start talking Chiefs, Jesse, I've got to ask you, this has got to be the first time in, I don't know, 15, 20 years that you are not covering March Madness. How does that feel?
1: Yeah, it is strange um, seeing some of the reporting from the site and kind of remembering what those first days are like. I know, Blair, you're out there, you're doing the thing, and probably it's been 40 or 50 years for you doing this sort of thing, which is great. So it, it does feel interesting, and it was weird at certain times this year watching key games on television, especially sort of the big ones. But, yeah, you move on, and uh, obviously the Chiefs gig has been a, a fun one to cover, an interesting one to cover, and that includes now, which is actually a pretty important and busy time of the off season, which we're going to get to, free agency.
2: Well, and Jesse's covering a different form of March Madness. Absolutely. <laughs> very true, yeah.
0: A nice transition, Herbie, uh, very nice transition. He also was covering – he also went from a – national champion to a world champion so Jesse's just got the magic touch on when it comes to beats I'm I'm just throwing
1: this out there JJ um I could be potentially available for hire if the only teams I cover win championships you know maybe you want me on the Royals beat I don't know just saying my agent can be in touch you know what I'm
0: saying (laughs) Uh, but it has been some madness here in March in free agency it's been it's been kind of crazy I want to I want to go over the players uh, that the Chiefs have lost, and then we'll we'll uh, pick up the ones that have been gained, and then, um, and, and then we'll speculate on on what else may be moving in in those directions, uh, from from this point forward. So, I guess the biggest news would have been Orlando Brown Jr. and he continued. You know, it was it was big news. We haven't talked since. The, the, the Chiefs decided to, um, you know, not franchise tag him, which I still had left the the open the possibility that he would be back with the Chiefs, even with that, that they would try to work something out. It did not happen. And Orlando Brown is now a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Jesse, I think you ended up adding some information to the tracker. Let me let me stop before we get going. That tracker you guys do is fantastic. I urge anybody who wants to follow the Chiefs to go on KansasCity.com and 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 keep up with the, uh, the the Chiefs moves through the tracker that Herbie and Jesse both contribute to. That's how I keep up with everything. So, yeah, let's let's talk about where Orlando Brown Jr. ended up, Jesse.
1: Yeah, with the Bengals. Uh, I was on the night shift last night, so I was able to uh, put that one in the tracker that way. But. Uh, not as much money potentially as he thought he was going to get. And so, you know, initially kind of at first blush, you look at this thing and you say, uh, you know, the Chiefs probably did the right thing here. You know, they had the chance to negotiate with him a long-term deal last summer um, when they put the franchise tag on him. They ended up not coming to terms in that particular time. And so uh, now Orlando Brown Jr., you know, we can get to these numbers uh, that were out there last night from Tom Pellicero of NFL Network but four years 64.1 million dollars includes a 31 million dollar signing bonus which is the largest ever so he gets that money up front but largest uh, only, ever for
0: an offensive lineman
1: that's true uh, and that's what the agent wants you to know about obviously but 68 percent of his deal is fully guaranteed so around 50 million dollars uh, which you can get by year three and that's kind of the guaranteed numbers that you'll be looking at so uh yeah I mean this is this has kind of been fascinating. It's, it's kind of been a, a a matter of perception versus reality for Orlando Brown. You know, we heard Adam Schefter earlier this week from ESPN talk about how teams were concerned about him being on the on the left side, potentially thinking he was a right tackle instead. Obviously that's how he started his career with the Ravens before being shifted to left tackle. It's part of the reason why the Chiefs traded for him to put him at left tackle. He's serviceable there for the Chiefs and did pretty well, but, um, you know, still those questions out there, but, obviously the Bengals will take him, you know, they have been a a train wreck there, whether it's been production or it's been injuries on the offensive line. We've seen that year after year. So Joe Burrow gets some protection there. Orlando Brown. um, The other part for him is he made a promise to his father, Orlando Brown senior, who we know was an NFL longtime player. When he was in middle school, he was begging his dad to play football. And this is what Sam McDowell reported earlier this season. in a great feature he did on Orlando Brown, which was he said he would let him play football as long as he played left tackle and made it to the NFL. And so his father passed. You know, it's his late father now, uh, no longer here. But uh, it's something that he's kept in his mind, has been very top of mind. So Orlando Brown Jr. does get paid a lot of money, and he does get his long-term deal uh, at least, you know, four years here, three years guaranteed. But I think one of the most important things for him was to play left tackle and to honor his father in that way. And so I think that remained important to him, and I think that's why potentially the Bengals ended up a better fit than maybe some of the other places out there
0: dad knew where the money was uh, at left tackle. Uh, So Herbie uh, wasn't just Orlando Brown that flew the coop. Uh, The chiefs lost their other tackle as well. So the starting tackles from the super bowl champion and, you know, a guy in Andrew Wiley, who I, I think overachieved while he was with the chiefs uh, has moved on to, I believe the commanders. Is that right? Uh, so what are the, and we'll, we'll, we will get to Juwan Taylor here in a minute, but uh, just the impact of losing uh, Andrew Wiley, what, 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 should, what should we remember about him and his contributions with the Chiefs? We should remember
2: a lot about him because of the way that he's been able to move around on the offensive line, play guard, play tackle. And, and that's the type of player that the chiefs offensive line coach, Andy Heck covets you know they love that flexibility and you, Here's the deal with Andrew Wiley. I talked to him at the Super Bowl, and he specifically told me, look, I wouldn't mind coming back to Kansas City, but I want a multi-year deal. And Ever since he's been in Kansas City, it's always been a one-year deal, one-year deal. Did a career-high 17 starts last year, was obviously on the Super Bowl team, contributed to the zero sacks against the Eagles. And he got what he wanted. He got the multi-year deal with Washington, and I don't think the Chiefs were going to be able to match what he got in Washington. But the Chiefs are are in a good place at right tackle. A lot of people tend to forget Lucas Niang. He started nine games in 2021 before he suffered an injury, and that's when Wiley stepped in and started seven. So they're in a good spot there at right tackle. We'll, and as you said, we'll get into Juwan Taylor here in a second here, you know, where the Chiefs vision him. but. I think as of right now, before OTAs and before the draft, because a lot of things can happen before the draft, uh, I think they're in a good spot there.
0: But but you think Niang is the guy they're thinking of right now for right tackle?
2: Yeah, and then we'll go ahead and put it out there. I mean, Jesse and I, we were in the scrum at the NFL scouting combine. And I specifically asked Brett Veach, you know, his, his thoughts on if they lose Wiley. And he essentially said, you know, he's healthy now. Remember last year, they didn't need to rush him back because they had the starter in Wiley. And so he's he's going to be like maybe a year and a half removed from that devastating knee injury that he suffered against the Bengals. Uh, so I think it, you're in a good spot with them. I, I want to say this. This is
1: what I really admire about what the Chiefs have done here, which is they have filled in positions of need, and they still need those positions, but they have versatility. And that's a place you want to be when you head to the draft because then if an offensive tackle falls to you, the Chiefs can take him. You know what I mean? Or right now, you know, they're talking about, and I know we'll get to Juwan Taylor here, but they're talking about moving him potentially left side or liking that they can move him to the left side. You know, if they find another left tackle or a left tackle in the draft, maybe they don't have to. And maybe they can leave him on the right side. But they have that versatility to do that. Uh, it's the same thing with pass rusher now. Uh, you get Omenahue in here you add to that depth of position. Do the Chiefs still need a pass rusher? They do. But now at the end of the first round, you're sitting there and you're waiting. If if every if the board goes and every pass rusher gets taken, you don't have to reach for one. You can go get an offensive tackle because you still need an offensive tackle, but you're covered at offensive tackle in case the pass rusher falls. And so we've seen the Chiefs do this, I think pretty well these last couple off seasons, which is they remain flexible with what they can do. And that way in the draft, they're not pitch and hold in. And, and I think that's kind of maybe the theme of the entire Chiefs, a regime here the last year or two is that they didn't let Orlando Brown paint them in a corner to say you have to have him, have to have him, have to have him. No, they they worked on their terms. Even just Miss Schuster, who they lost. Um, you know, they, they had their number, they wanted him, they wanted him back, but like the Patriots offered more. And so they find a way. And so that that's sort of where I admire where the Chiefs are. It does make for some heartbreak. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Chiefs fans are going to be bummed that Juju Smith-Schuster is not returning to this roster. But the Chiefs have been able to find a way and work around it and leave themselves options open. And I think that's kind of the theme of last offseason. And it seems to be the theme of this offseason as well.
0: You know, we'll we'll get to everybody who the Chiefs have lost because right now it's I've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, at least seven players that are familiar to Chiefs fans who've lost, but they didn't lose anybody, anybody whose jersey is being sold at Rally House. You know, they they're not they they haven't they've lost top line players, but not all pros or Pro Bowlers. Uh, they 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 had glue you know glue guys basically guys that you know started uh played key roles uh but you know are not the, the 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 stars if you will um you know not Travis Kelsey not Chris Jones uh the, the those guys uh Jones will, will you know we think he'll end up signing a long-term deal with the Chiefs at least I do um but these are guys that the Chiefs I, I think considered replaceable parts um and uh and, and so you know, another one is Juan Thornhill, the, the safety, right? Uh look, he he had a terrific rookie year. And I think Juan Thornhill benefited by playing on a team that went to, you know, three Super Bowls in four years. And Cleveland thought enough of him to give him a a three-year deal for, for 21 million. I forgot what the guarantee number was, but um, but but a nice contract. He I think he's parlayed his. Career and playing for a championship team into a nice financial future for him. I'm not sure he's going to be a star in the league, but but he's a good player, right? He's a starter, um, and uh, uh, and so a guy like Juan Thornhill, as same with Juju Smith-Schuster, they, you know, they're, they're they're cashing in on their, um, you know, on their success with with the team. So um, more power to them. And it is absolutely a different approach, Herbie, isn't it, than, than the sur- the first Super Bowl victory for the Chiefs when they beat the 49ers and then did everything they could to bring everybody back. Um, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, and I've double-checked it, so I, I think it's pretty accurate that 20 of 22 starters returned for the Chiefs from that Super Bowl. It's going to be a far lower number this time the, from this Super Bowl champion.
2: Yeah, after that Super Bowl win, remember, their their model was run it back because they knew they had the core. Basically, the entire team was returning. But you know what? You got to give credit to Brett Brett Veach over these last three seasons because he identified a weakness. You know, as we know from the Tampa loss, it was the offensive line, and they spent that entire offseason just completely blowing it up, overhauling it, uh, and, and they traded for Orlando Brown the week before the draft. Because remember they got joe tooney then they got orlando brown the week before the draft and then they used draft picks on trey smith and creed humphrey <laughs> you know problem solved last offseason it was we traded away tyreek hill uh shiverius ward left during free agency Where are the two positions of need corner and wide receiver and veeks said set about addressing it but you're absolutely right uh this is gonna have a different look. This team will have a different look from last year, but that that's the way of the NFL. But at least if there's a team that's capable of overhauling and addressing needs and using the draft effectively, it is the Chiefs. Last year they entered with 12 draft picks, uh finished with 10 because of some trades. This year they're going into the draft with 10 draft picks yet again. And, you know, you you got Viz earned the benefit of the doubt. Fans might be up in arms. Why'd well, we lose Juju? Trust Brett Veach and his process because – did I just use process? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I you did. This long. <laughs> but trust Brett Veach and the way he goes about it because he's earned that that benefit of the doubt.
1: Blair, you were the one in the press box talking before Super Bowl week that the Chiefs had, what, five starters from their previous Super Bowl team? Yeah. On this year's team?
0: 54, yeah.
1: I mean, we're not talking about tw- 10, 12 years ago. We're talking about four years ago. I mean, I was thinking about that. Like, Andy Reid almost faced more of his former starters – At Philadelphia than he had from his Super Bowl team in 2019. And, you know, I mean, it's 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 crazy when you think about that um, and, and how much this roster has turned over. And again, you don't have to look far across the parking lot to a team that has not had success because sometimes they seem to latch on to people for an emotional value. And can't get themselves out of their own rut. Now, it seems like things are changing a little bit over there with the new regime and and things that have changed. But uh, this is the opposite of that. And listen, from a personal level, I know I'm usually Mr. Cold Hard Facts here, but like I'm going to miss Colin Saunders in the locker room. Like that's one of the nicest, greatest guys you're ever going to meet. And he was the life of the party there. He would always shoot hoops with guys. Everybody loved him. Andrew Wiley, stand-up guy, love talking to him in the locker room. Uh, the Chiefs will miss him there. Arlando Brown was a stand-up guy; he was great to talk to as well. So, like, there is a personal level to this where it's it's tough for guys. I mean, you kind of saw Colin Saunders on Twitter, kind of go through all the emotions here earlier this week about when he realized he was not going to be a Chief this year. It seemed like he wanted to be, but you know, you have an agent; you hire him for a reason, and you you play in the NFL to go get a second contract. So, all these things are kind of hitting right now, but. Yeah, the reality situation is the Chiefs have already proven they can turn this thing over and win again. They already did it. They did it last year. And so uh, that challenge is going to happen every single year, and it's going to happen because Patrick Mahomes, the number one player in the NFL, his cap number is pretty high, and you've got to continue to churn that roster. It doesn't allow you for as much flexibility as if you have a rookie quarterback. So that's the challenge they faced last year. That's the challenge they beat last year. It's the challenge they're going to continue to face as they go through free agency year after year after year.
0: Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that Mahome's cap number. Uh, that's that's part of the that's part of the the process to quote Herbie Teope. So we'll be right
2: back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to- dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to kansascity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. All right, we're back on Sports Beat KC, talking Chiefs and free agency with Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell. So much has happened in before and after the NFL New Year. Um, so, uh, but it happened this. It's, it's happened this week. Let, let's. Uh, one of the latest developments is Mahomes restructuring uh, his contract, essentially freeing up the. Uh, some some money for the Chiefs, about it was about eight million bucks or so. How much did how much did restructuring? What is it, Jesse?
1: Yeah, they would say about 9.6 million on okay. this year's cap. Um, and you know, Herbie's a little beat veteran here, so he can tell you a little bit more about this cap situation than I can after, you know, doing my due diligence here lately. But in essence, you know, the Chiefs can steal quote, steal more money from homes in that way to push it to future years. This is not the largest number that they can go to. They also have other ways to get under the cap number. They can restructure uh, certain other people and including um, the big one that you talked about earlier, Blair, which is Chris Jones has a huge cap number now. So if they do do a long-term deal with him, potentially you can free up some money in this current year and and push some of that money to the future. The other thing to think about is that they're going to have to pay their draft picks. And so that's why on some of these salary cap sites, you see Uh, cap space and then effective cap space basically you're talking about okay you still need to clear money to pay the draft picks you have coming in the chiefs have those 10 draft picks at this moment that they're going to have to pay there so looking at the numbers they have about 13 14 ish million although a many contract has not been officially released yet so we don't know how much money is coming off of the books there so basically just know this the chiefs did not use as much of the Mahomes money as they could have. Potentially they could still go back to that well if they want, but they have not hamstrung themselves for the future too much by doing that. Um, Could be to get another free agent. Could be to clear up money for a draft. Could be a lot of different things, but uh, right now they're providing a little bit more flexibility for this current season. And um, right now, if you're looking at free agents, I would just say, um, yeah, uh, receiver right now. You would think that after losing Juju Smith-Huster, that potentially – uh, that's going to be a, a potential need of position that they're going to be looking at to at least get some depth there to go along with MVS, Sky Moore, and then Kadarius Tony returning this year.
2: Yeah, as far as the cap space, as far as the cap space is concerned, this is mostly procedural in nature because you see teams around the league do this with a lot of their high-end contracts. They want to get uh, more cap space. You turn that roster bonus into a signing bonus. They've done it. The Chiefs specifically have done it a Uh, The past couple of seasons with Chris Jones, they've done it with Frank Clark. They did it with Frank Clark last year because he had a massive cap hit. But this just allows them more flexibility. Jesse Nelson, you do have to have uh, cap space for your draft picks. And you also have to have cap space because in training camp, you always have players that are hurt. And you're going to see the Chiefs last year, they brought in the likes of Carlos Dunlap. They brought in Danny Shelton. So you have to have some cap space available when you go into camp for – veteran free agent signings.
0: Does the departure of Juju Smith-Schuster change the way the Chiefs should feel about McCole Hardman?
1: I I think he's going to be above their budget, Blair. Um, You look at, I mean, we can kind of joke about this, Let Brett Beach has a type here where he only signs 25-year-olds in free agency. It seems like a, a theme here the past few years, but McLaurin's is 24, um, and some of the advanced metrics on him really like him. And so I've I, I have been surprised potentially that he hasn't signed out there yet. But And some of the receiver market has been a little bit depressed compared to maybe what people thought was going to be. But um, I, I think that that one's a likely separation, just to be honest with you. Like uh, McCall did some good, good things with the Chiefs. I think his skill set sort of overlaps a little bit with Kadarius Toney, and it's why the Chiefs went out and got Kadarius Toney, figuring that McCall Hardman might be moving on this year, sort of like Herbie referenced in his article about uh, how Juan Thornhill left, but the Chiefs drafted Brian Cook last year. I mean, a lot of times they do this working one year in advance, kind of seeing what's going to happen and, and drafting or trading for a replacement there. Uh, to be completely honest with you, too. Um, McCartman from some of the media hits out there that you've, I've seen from him, interviews, uh, he seems ready to get somewhere else to, to see if his role can expand and potentially if an offense can use him in a different way. Um, you know, obviously likes the success he had with the Chiefs, but he's still young enough to maybe forge his own path in a different way. So I would not think the Chiefs would be pursuing that unless it the number fell quite a bit. But I guess that's what free agency season is about. And like I said, uh, the Chiefs keep their options open. And so maybe that's an option that's kept open. I'd be very surprised if he's back with the Chiefs, though.
2: I'm going to disagree with that one. I, I think if anything, if anything, because McCall Harman is not going to have the kind of market that he wanted if he were healthy. Okay, that's the key thing here. A player coming off of a major injury like that, and remember all the missed time that he had, uh, he's not going to get a – I don't believe he's going to command a massive multi-year contract because most teams aren't going to want damaged goods. They're probably going to want – They're probably going to want – They're probably – What you're going to see here is what happens a lot in the National Football League. A player coming off of an injury, teams usually sign that one-year veteran deal, you know, the prove-it type deal. And and so I think, if anything, if McCole Hardman's market isn't what he thinks it's going to be, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs try to bring him back if they think they can get him on here on a one-year deal. And then um, Hardman's contract year essentially is replaced, again, from last year, where he didn't have the kind of production that would lead to a major payday.
1: He was pretty good. And you say damaged goods. He was injured once in his career. This is the last injury. Yeah, but how much time did he miss last year? A he lot. Missed half the, he missed half the season. Yeah, he it's missed not, half not, the season, and that's a contract year. And he had surgery after the season to to repair it. So okay, well, we'll uh, this is good. This is good radio. We we disagree on this one. Mark it down. Herbie is wrong. McLawhorn going to get a multi year deal. It'll be well paid. There you go. You heard it from Jesse correctly first.
0: We'll have to get this podcast on the radio. That would um, <laughs> that would make. I, I just wanted to be a good podcast. Uh, but, uh, hey, so a couple other names. Uh, uh, that will not be Chiefs and one one really surprised me, uh, Michael Burton, the fullback. You know, what? Wh- wh- why why did that move happen? Are the Chiefs gonna lo- are, are they gonna be in the market for another fullback? Are they done with the fullback? Uh, Herbie,
1: you have this. Herbie, you have this answer. Yeah, Go I got ahead. And this. Ones. Ones, this
2: one's on a tee for Herbie <laughs> Tiope. Go Herbie, answer this question. You got to remember, before he signed with the Chiefs, he spent some seasons down there in New Orleans with Coach Sean Payton. Sean, and this is a fantastic reunion for him for a couple of reasons. Peyton runs a version of the West Coast offense. He's one of the very few coaches in the NFL who loves his fullback just like Andy Reid does. And I think if anything, you know, there was that past relationship. I'm sure Burton had a good relationship with, with Coach Reid, but he also had a great relationship with Sean Peyton. And that was a matter of Peyton bringing in guys that he's known from the past look at sean payton's coaching staff that he put together in denver a couple of former saints players on there goodness gracious it's like i'm back on the saints beat but i think like burton deciding to go to denver uh was a matter of his relationship with sean payton
1: here i'm going to make another prediction on our radio uh (laughs) podcast here Blair uh chiefs have just so many seventh round picks i mean this is a perfect use of one. You go take the best, second best fullback out there. I mean, slot him in. He's your special teams guy. Andy Reid still has his fullback. You get a young player. I mean, you get your pick basically of who you want. I, I think the Chiefs will take one in the draft.
0: You know, and also under the familiarity theme, um, I'm not surprised to see uh, Greg Lewis, right? Assistant coach going to the commanders and now Andrew Wiley in Washington. Now too, just because of Eric Bieniemy's presence on the staff in DC. So, and before we, we shouldn't dismiss this uh, Darius Harris, another one who linebacker gave the Chiefs some pretty good moments also on his way out. I don't, he hasn't, he hasn't hooked on with anybody yet. Has he?
2: No, as a restricted free agent. The chiefs didn't tender him. So that makes him automatically an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he, he's a guy, you know, he's, he's eligible to sign with any team, including the Chiefs. So, if he doesn't latch on with someone, it, it reminds me of the Chris Lamont's deal last year when they didn't tender him and he eventually returned just before the start of training camp. So if Harris isn't anywhere, he's probably a guy that Dave Tobe loves. You know, if Tobe likes if Tobe likes you, there's probably a really good chance you might be coming back.
0: Okay, let's let's touch on the new uh the new faces. Uh we have mentioned them both, but Juwan Taylor has played his almost his entire career at right tackle. And now we look at him as a left tackle. It worked for Orlando Brown. So it, it, it can happen. What uh, What's kind of the scouting report on, on Juwan Taylor?
1: 25. So it's Brad Beach's type. Super young. Um, super athletic. Better pass blocker than run blocker. And if you wanted to really start with kind of the tools there, it makes sense with the Chiefs, right? I mean – Orlando Brown was a better run blocker than pass blocker, and the Chiefs throw the ball over the yard. And so uh, Taylor is going to be a better pass blocker than run blocker. You know, the Chiefs had some running success this last year, but but we all know that they throw it more than they run it. And that's going to be a continued theme, and uh, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes and you want to protect him as well as possible. So, you know, it's like I can... I can see ways this works out really well for the Chiefs. I can see ways there it doesn't. Um, That's kind of where all these free agent deals lie early on, um, right? I mean, they have to be pretty confident you can move a guy right to left if if that's what they're telling people. And if that really is the plan and you pay this guy three years, or I'm sorry, four years, 80 million with 60 million guaranteed, it better work out. Uh, But also, if you have great coaches on your coaching staff who can develop people and you're banking on them and you believe in them and trust in them, then it's a great move because it's Andy Reid and Brett Veet saying, we believe in Andy Heck and we think he's the best out there. And we believe that he can move or help Juwan Taylor move to left tackle seamlessly and do that without much of a hitch. So again, um, there's, there's shades of gray here. Don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. And potentially again, can the Chiefs still trade for a left tackle? Could they still draft a left tackle? All those things are still on the board that are still available out there. The chiefs have left their options open for now, but uh yeah, Taylor, for now, it just remains a signing that uh they believe in his physical tools and his pass blocking, it seems like, more than they did Orlando Brown. That's why he's on the Chiefs now. And Orlando Brown obviously has moved on to the Bengals.
0: Okay, and Herbie, how about Charles Menahue um from the from the 49ers? He uh I, I guess the first look for him is outside, but he's got the ability to play inside
2: that flexibility the Chiefs love. And when they when they signed this guy, all of the, the thing that jumped out to me was like, this is a Steve Spagnuolo guy <laughs> through and through. And so, you know, his, his his input on this probably played a role also in them bringing him in. And it wouldn't surprise me, you know, during the, the pre-draft process a couple of years ago, if the Chiefs took a hard look at this guy. That, that just really wouldn't surprise me because, we know, Veach likes to go back and get guys that he's like. He's a guy that can play, like you said, inside and outside, comes off a career season, four and a half sacks, I believe 20 quarterback hits. So he's a guy that can get up the field and after the quarterback, Uh, will, will, you know, two-year deal. You know, you sign him for a, as a starter. He's probably going to be the complimentary guy outside of George Karloftis. And then you can just move him inside and outside as, as needed in Spagnuolo's scheme.
0: All right.
1: 36th on Pro Football Focus's free agent rankings. We know that the Chiefs sometimes follow Pro Football Focus uh, closer than other teams do. Another thing to mention with him is he had uh, domestic violence, was arrested on suspicion of domestic violence uh, January, right before the NFC Championship game last year. So much like Frank Clark and Willie Gay this past season, um, this is going to be looked at by the NFL, and so potentially he could serve a suspension at some point in time this next year. That's something I'm sure the Chiefs had to factor in
0: and when you say 36th on the pro football focus free agent rankings out of about 150 or so
1: yeah they just ranked the top 100 but oh, top 100. Um, okay. well i mean that's and that's again i mean just kind of a big picture level it's it's pretty amazing for the chiefs to sort of go shopping in this way after they won the super bowl and with patrick mahomes contract on the books you know uh, he was 36. I forget where Taylor was, but Taylor was top 15 or 20 on most of these lists out there as well. So for the Super Bowl champs to go out there and grab a couple guys, and I know we talked about the ones that they lost, but to still go shopping in this type of way, it, it does tell you that uh, they have been aggressive, at least in with these specific moves in these specific positions.
0: And of course, we have buried the lead. The Chiefs are bringing back Jody Fortson. Uh, tight end. So uh, that is big news. Along with uh, Turk Wharton and uh, Tommy Townsend, that, that's been in the news and part of the tracker news this week. So um, good news for Jody Fortson, who, who cannot appear in a story in the Kansas City Star without uh, being referred to as a fan favorite.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, can we replace Fan with Herbie Teope just That's to right get right. the truth out there? And real quick, Herbie, um, Tommy Townsend not officially signed the Chiefs, just to clarify that, correct? No, no,
2: no, he's not officially signed. They, they applied the right of first refusal tender on him. He has until April the 21st to sign it. All restricted free agents have until April the 21st. And the key thing with that is, if he signs an offer sheet with another team, the Chiefs do have the, uh, the opportunity to match it. But if they decline not to, they're not going to get any compensation because all it is is a right of first refusal.
0: Thank you for clearing that up. All right. Uh, it's not over, and there's so much more to discuss, but we're going to end it right here so we can save some of the conversation for next week. We are in NFL free agency and NCAA tournament time, so there is no shortage of topics to discuss, and we'll do that on Sports BKC. Thank you, Herbie. Thank you, Jesse. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Beat KC production team of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. Today's Morning Sports Edition was packed full of NCAA tournament coverage, NFL free agency, the World Baseball Classic, and much more. Check it out at LiveEdition.KansasCity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.